This is NAGP Resurrection, the podcast where we talk about this week in gaming news. And we also have a topic tonight we're going to be talking about. Oh my God, I'm drawing a blank. Lionel. Crossover games. <laughs> yeah, our dream and cross- crossovers. Yeah, yep. Our dream crossover game. And, uh, <laughs> and then we talk about some game recommendations, slash what you're playing, and then just final thoughts, and whatever else happens. All right. To start off, that person who was just speaking was Lionel. How you doing, Lionel? Um, I was great, but uh, something like telling you what the topic was made me forget what I was actually going to say. Um, Jumper cables. There you go. My name is Jumper cables. My name is Toby. <laughs> Wait a minute. I think I messed that one up. <laughs> oh. <laughs> And we have Mike. I am here. He is here. And my name is Joseph Burchette, your lovely host for tonight. So, what we Mike's got? only here because we am. Pretty much. Not, not, a clue, not enough, though. We can nope. say anything we want. Anything. Nobody listens to this. <laughs> anything. Ass. Yeah. All right. Black ass. Cock shit. Cock shit, black shit ass. inside of a dick hole. Juice mm. mopper. Coming soon. Oh, yeah. Guy has a crouch walk. <laughs> All right. Let's just let's, let's get this ball rolling. Ah, get the balls rolling. Get the balls rolling. All right. First yeah, story yeah. is... From Polygon, Bioshock creator Ken Levine working on interactive Twilight Zone movie. So, yes. uh, He is going to be directing and writing it. And he's going to be working with a media company called uh, Interlude, which is the same media company with uh, the creator of Her Story. He's acting as creative director, the person who made that game, which, if anyone remembers that game, it, it had like real actors in it and it's full motion video. There's an FMV type thing. It seemed like it seemed like Did either of you guys play that game at all. I know I didn't get a chance to play it. I was interested, but I never got to play it. Yeah. No, I saw some award show. Oh, or no, wait, it was a, it was goddamn Jeff Keeley's thing. They won a bunch of stuff. And I, yeah, I was interested. Yeah. I didn't get it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, he is going to be working on that movie, and he's, and he's saying that what he wants it, he wants it to make it so that the people watching will be able to choose the character, choose what the characters do in the film to uh, alter the experience that everyone has who's watching it. I'm assuming oh, it's going to be live action. It didn't really say if it was going to be yes. okay. Yeah, exactly. I didn't see that anywhere. Uh, so yeah. Oh, but also he said that it's going. This is a side project. He is still working with uh, publisher Take Two Interactive with some uh, unannounced game, but this is just going to be something he's going to be doing on the side. So, yeah, uh, not more Bioshock. Yeah, something completely <laughs> new. Um, so, what do you guys think? What do you, I mean, out of all people to direct a movie like Mike, what do you think? Or and Levine, spend more time with your kids. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, about that at the end. It's, it's, Damn. I think um, I know I hadn't heard about this I mean maybe this was the announcement but uh, he's 
definitely seems like the type of person who grew up, you know, having that as a huge part of his childhood. Mm. He seems about the right age. Uh, so, uh, I know, it just speaks uh, passion project to me. But also the nature of the Twilight Zone, it could get pretty twisted. Um <laughs> I think it kind of lends itself to if you're going to use an IP for this sort of thing, uh, it's a good one. Because there's so many, they're, they're all, they're like what ifs. Like what if this? Mm. And different ways you could go with that type of story. Mm-hmm. Like, it makes sense to to do a film this way. So, I don't know. It's cool. How, I'm just kind of, I mean, ever since I read this article, I've just been thinking, how exactly would this be set up? Is there, like, you're inside of the, the theater and you're pushing a button to decide what um, the character will I, do? I mean, how is this going to work? I immediately thought of the Telltale games. I'm assuming you're going to get some kind of prompt or something. It's like Heavy Rain type setup? <laughs> Um, hopefully not as, uh, QTE-ish, mm-hmm. just like mainly, I mean, well, I'm not even sure if it's going to be dialogue driven, but mainly about the choices you make. Yeah. Like well, you reach points where there's kind of like a fork in the road, so to speak. Yeah. Well, it's not like a game at all. It's a movie. So I remember in the nineties, there was some shit like this where you would go and I think, I never. I don't think I ever got to go to one of these, but each seat would have like a, a button, and you. Would, oh yeah. There would be like uh, decision moments where you could go pick one or two ways. So it's probably something like that where the audience just votes. And then, mm. Yeah. I was assuming this was going to be released in theaters. I don't know if that makes sense, but yeah. uh, or maybe it's just coming to. I I don't know. Huh. I'm hoping it's a um, individual release type thing. I don't want to have to wrestle with the audience for whatever basic ass shit they're probably going to do. <laughs> should we run or should we trip? You know that kind of thing. Mm. Yeah. So that's. I, I mean, I know with Bioshock and a lot of the behind the scenes t- uh, videos and and little short what they called vid docs or whatever they're called uh he was talking about how much he really likes doing story and all that kind of stuff and dialogue and character development so uh, i'm pretty happy that he's going to be doing this he should we'll probably take it in a very creative direction so mm-hmm. we'll see we'll see uh what we got here next 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 article by polygon <laughs> Uh, upgraded PlayStation 4 codename Neo and includes upgrade GPU and processor. And they're actually reporting on something that Giant Bomb reported on. So, yeah. Uh, so they're talking a bit more. Actually, I think we talked about this in a previous in a previous episode. But more details have come out that basically it's going to be another version, like another SKU of the PlayStation 4 mm-hmm. that's going to have 4K and it's going to have, like, just it's going to be 2.25 times more powerful than the current PS4. Mm-hmm. So, but the, what's really interesting about... What's really good about, the, what's really good about this is that some, some new details that came out is... Well, new details that came out is that they're saying that it's going to 
there's going to be like a special Neo mode in there. So when developers uh, are going to be developing for it, they're going to first have to develop for a base mode specification, meaning so that all the PlayStation 4s out there can actually play the games. And then there's going to be like a special Neo mode that if you're going to play that game on the, the, the newer version, then it will like basically unlock new, more powerful features and higher quality graphics and stuff like that. So yeah, so there's... Good. There are restrictions, mm. or not, not restrictions, but there are things that this now makes mandatory for developers to do. Um, one of the things was uh, on PS4K, it cannot run at a worse frame rate than standard PS4. It has to be better or the same, mm. um, which is good. Yeah. And then, so starting in, if your game's coming out, past October, I think it was, uh, it has to have support for this. It has to run on on both machines. It's kind of a fuck you to early adopters. Um, It's only three years in to Mm. this cycle. And they're doing this. Mm -hmm. So... Kind of grimy. I don't know... I don't know that it's grimy more that it's just it doesn't make sense pulling an apple that's what they're doing yeah like why would you do this now too poor for this shit anyway well i think it's why they're doing it is because of the whole vr stuff maybe they're trying to get prepared for that because you know the vr stuff requires a lot more power and yeah but all that vr stuff has to run on ps4 anyway standard ps4 but maybe they're using that as an opportunity to try and sell you on something that can give you a, a better experience if you do decide to get the vr yeah, obviously. Yeah. I mean, I think the smartest way to play it is to dramatically lower the price of a standard PS4. Mm. I think that's kind of the only way to play it if they don't want to lose friends and alienate people. Yeah. Well, I mean, they... <laughs> I know... I guess they can't really alienate the audience that already adopts it because they, they have it. They have PS4s already. It's just, mm, no. Huh. Well, maybe at E3 they, when they officially announce this, which I'm sure they will, they'll also announce a huge price cut on the original one. So, yeah, I don't know. I think it. They it better be, cut that shit in half. It could be a bad move to bring this in, or maybe I don't know. Hmm. I just wonder what the pricing is going to be like. Curious about. That. That's a good question. Uh, how much did I completely forgot? How much did the PS um, four cost? How much is it right now? Three, it, I think it came out at three ninety nine, yeah. and I think it, it might still be three ninety nine. Oh. Uh, this better not be like six hundred dollars or something. I oh, it probably will be. I no, I there's no way. I feel like it has to come out at. I think like four forty nine at the highest mm. this will be, but I think it's more likely that they'll slash PS fours to two ninety nine and bring this in at three ninety nine. Mm. I just hope they don't. I don't know. Make it a thing, because like, remember how how PS three 
it came out and we were all blown away by like Uncharted One and then by the end of the generation, like The Last of Us came out and then MGS four came out and it it was people finally understood how to get the most out of the machine. Like people haven't even had that opportunity to get the most out of this machine yet. Yeah. Three um, years. <laughs> You're right. It's not that long at all. But then again That used to be a console cycle though, didn't it? Wasn't it usually five years? Wasn't uh maybe it was five. Uh I don't know. But I mean the console I feel like they've always been long. Depends on the console, but they they've always been long. Yeah. Um, especially with the PS three. I'm pretty sure it's still being supported. Um yeah. I mean we're just starting at the ten year mark. We have an article later about the three sixty. Um but I don't know. I'm I'm interesting to I'm interested to see how this is gonna play out um, once it hits the market. I said, I'm, just, I'm I really I almost feel like it's not gonna change that much. If, or if it gives a, a boost to I feel like the sales are steady for PS4 right now, which is another like why are you doing this? Mm. Uh, so I feel like they'll keep steady if they introduce this in with, like, this will sell. But they might get a s- slight, I don't know. It's it's hard to say because then what happens to all those older PS4s? Like, the prices go down yeah. secondhand. Mm-hmm. But then they are they still going to manufacture those old PS4s? Well, the PS2 was they meant they kept manufacturing that thing for a long, long time, didn't they? <laughs> that thing was immortal. It's a completely different console than That's yeah, you're right. This is actually just this is like a different skew. This is not a different console. So, yeah, uh, upgraded graphics. Mm. Um so yeah, I mean the, I really think the huh. the way to play this for them, if they want to like stay in good the good graces that they are in, is to, like I said, introduce it uh, at the same cost and lower the price of the PS4. That way, you can get more people in. Maybe that's what they're betting on: is mm. the standard PS4 will bring even more people to the PS4 table. Um, and I guess that could potentially even uh, bring in more with you know. It would also cheapen the price of the buy-in for B- VR. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but then the other thing I think they would need to do is offer some kind of—I don't know if I can see them doing this—but some kind of rebate or like discount if you want to trade your uh, old PS3, PS3, four in. Yeah, <laughs> some something, some act of. <laughs> solidarity towards the early adapters who are just now kind of like screwed especially the people who like put money in thinking okay this is going to last me a bit yeah three years later <laughs> yeah hmm. maybe though they'd have to really work with retailers on that retailers that buy second hand it's just it's so complicated it's like why everything was going so smooth, and now you're going to take this very strange risk. Uh, I really end, oh, go ahead. But at the end of the day, I, I am, I'm not sure that it is that 
big of a risk because if it doesn't work out, I don't know. It's definitely going to be the standard PS4 in like three or four years. Like it will be the machine that people are buying when they go to buy a PS4. Yeah. Right. It's not like a big win situation, but for them, I feel like like they're not gonna. It's not like a great move, but it's also not like a terribly shitty move. But it does kind of look bad from in some regards. Mm. So it's I feel like it's a sidestep. <laughs> mm. I have this feeling that they're gonna make they're gonna rope this thing in. Uh, and have like a huge marketing strategy around the whole VR stuff that's coming out in the fall. I almost feel mm-hmm. like they're gonna they're gonna market this and, and pitch it as kind of like the hardcore gamers machine. Like this is the ultimate VR machine. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking. Like maybe they're not gonna try and pitch this to everyone. Like this is like everyone should upgrade to this right now. But this is like more so for the VR people or just the people who want to get the most. The, just the most out of their experience. Yeah, screw the thing. PC. Get the PS4. Blah, 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 blah. Maybe that's it. Maybe they're trying to compete with the PC now, like directly. Uh, I don't know. This shit's too rich for my blood. I kind of don't give a crap. Yeah. I mean, that's the only re- reason why I could think of why they would do, suddenly do something like this, because you're right. This is this is really out of nowhere. I, I didn't I didn't even think about how many years have passed. I mean, I guess I understand why they would do it because if you look at the technological landscape, especially with phones, uh, you know, things are progressing pretty fast. Yeah. Though. So they're trying to compete, I guess. It just feels like it's not like we talked about this a couple of weeks ago about how being able to cheaply upgrade your system is probably the way to go as far as this sort of thing. Mm. But it's, you know, it's not, it's not a phone. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, here's a new one every three or four years. Or it's yeah, it's too years. much damn money. Yeah, but so are phones, actually. Phones are really expensive. But they are. I don't know. Yeah. Well, let's hope they don't become too much like Apple and how they're just constantly screwing over early adopters all the time just to see what they have to say for themselves yeah. uh all right so you kind of mentioned it before this next story is by the verge uh, microsoft is stopping production of the xbox 360 it was made uh, on their by phil spencer on their blog um stating just that like while it's had an amazing run it's it's pretty much it's time it's time to just stop doesn't make yeah. sense it's to time to put it down yeah. yeah, I mean it's been ten years. Is that what he said? Yeah, ten years. That's yeah. man. It's just crazy thinking about how much time has passed with this stuff. Good God. Uh, okay. Crazy. Yeah. People died. Yeah. Oh. oh man, I lo- we'll miss you, Prince. People have died indeed, and China. Yeah, yep. they oh, Prince. No. China didn't even make it to fifty. Wait, how old, is, yeah. how old was he? 40. 45. Oh, man. God. Prince is one of those guys I thought was just going to be around forever. Like, he was still going to be on stage at, like, 
with a fucking cane talking about raspberry beret. Yeah, ninety three or some shit. Yeah. yeah. Purple rain now and forever. I I'm very curious about what's gonna happen to that vault of shit that he produced. Yeah, really. Mm. Not only that, but what the hell does his will say? Like what's yeah, his really. funeral gonna be like? Mm. It's gonna be magical, that's what it's gonna be. Prince the coffin is going to shoot foam out of it like the tip of his guitar did. <laughs> That'll be amazing. Uh, oh, Xbox 360. I mean, Sony's pretty much dominated. They're, they're dominating right now. I, I, I stopped playing my Xbox 360 a long, long time ago. Uh, I'm a Sony guy now. Well, how about you guys? Wait. I know that you did you guys play a lot were there were there any xbox games you guys were really into i know we were into halo for a while killer instinct looked kind of cool on the 360 though mm-hmm. i hear it's on pc now oh well there we go yeah gears but was okay i wasn't really into anything on it that didn't come to pc mm. so it's hard for me to even play what was exclusive uh yeah, not really. Uh, My brother had one, and we played some stuff on it. I played a little bit of Gears, played a little bit of Halo, but I was never, never into that stuff. Uh, uh, but uh, it was just kind of the de facto console for a while. Yeah. Go to PS4 is kind of that this generation, but yeah. the 360 was all my friends are, you know, they're getting Call of Duty and they're all getting it on 360, so that's when I'm gonna get it. Yeah, well, much like politics, I'm getting a little sick of this two party system. Mm. Well, they were, uh, well, for a while, their strategy was they wanted to dominate the living room, right? And that's why they were becoming the ultimate media just like hub i mean uh i mean they had xbox turn off <laughs> yeah so i wonder how many people named like their profile things or whatever xbox turn off <laughs> pretty much oh uh, so they dominated during the whole ps3 and during that time but now it's, yeah. it's sony's they they've learned their lessons and man they're doing great remember project natal yeah <laughs> It was oh, such a huge hit. It was. Nah. It changed the game. Mm. It's it's great. It's it's funny because the connects, even though it didn't take off in the world of gaming, in other areas like the medical industry and just like some other places and other fields too, it actually was used quite a lot and did very well. That's so, good. Yeah. So. It was put to good use, just not in the area it was made for. Yeah, well, that's fine. Yeah. People never got to show their cocks to Milo. Oh. Yeah, that's for the best. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, what do we got next here? Oh, speaking of politics. <laughs> gaming politics website shut down. Uh, I... Another website I'd go to for news yeah. is dead. <clears throat> well, it's not really dead. It's funny. Um, I don't know if that's the main reason, but you know one of the reasons why it's going down. Mm. One of the uh, one of the main primary people on their site is actually going into politics. Oh, well, there, there we go. I think like they're trying to become like a congressman or something. Oh, mm. huh. So 
Okay, I, I'll be honest. I didn't really visit gaming. I went there maybe every couple of weeks or something. It wasn't one of my main sites for going to. I mean, mm-hmm. what kind of articles did we have on there? It was it was gaming related news, just with like a political emphasis. Like back in the day of our old podcast, this was like one of the this was like the de facto place I would go to for the uh, Jack Thompson update <laughs> or. Uh, figure out what it is Elon Lee or Hillary Clinton is like <laughs> using as the basis for their attack on video games this time. Uh, <laughs> any like updates you'd want to find on like the ESRB and stuff like that. Just uh, like, yeah, how games literally affect politics and politics affect games and all that other stuff is uh, there. So it's a, spe- it's, it's a, a, a new site, but a very specific one, which mm. I, I don't know. I think we'd benefit more from. Yeah. I mean, there aren't a whole lot of places you can go to for gaming news now. I mean, half of our shit comes from either Polygon or like Venture Beat. Yeah, uh, yeah. It would be nice to see more sites like that where they try and um, um, like specialize. Yeah, you know? they specialize in. I mean, like uh, one my uh, a specialized site that I like now. I don't know if they're still doing. It's owned by Boing Boing. It's called uh, uh, Off World. And I don't know mm-hmm. if they're the person who left. She left, and I don't know. She was the one responsible for uh, putting new stories on there. But they focus on like really, like really deep in the gaming culture, and so it's very focused on that stuff. So yeah, I definitely would love to see more sites that like just really hit a particular area. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike, how about you? Did you ever visit this site at all? I remember their shitty banner from a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> the thing is, uh, Jumper Cable said, uh, back in the day, I remember going there to read about those fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were back, back when Jack Thompson was a phenomenon in the gaming world. Yeah. He was on. Yeah. Man. Got his ass, got himself disbarred. <laughs> yeah. There were a lot of there were a lot of stories about him back then, like a lot. Well, he was he was he was insane. Yeah. He was like on a mission. Take it down. Like he, he thought video games. Like either he was just crazy. Well, I mean, he was crazy, but like <laughs> either he had some kind of agenda that failed horribly, or he thought video games were just legit evil. Like I don't think he was he crazy. It. It was definitely completely misguided. Yeah. I, I don't... Did he ever... With all the games that he was going on about, did he ever actually play them through? He did. He did? Okay. So he actually... Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> he wasn't just spewing stuff out. He actually was... He had stuff to back himself up. Good lord. What a... Hmm. <laughs> what a cock. <laughs> uh, Crazy yeah. fucker. Well, uh... It's always sad when a website goes down, that especially when it's been around for so long. I think the guy was saying it had been around for ten years. Yeah, uh, been around for that's a long time. They've been running it. I didn't know it was. It was like uh, one of my go-to places for uh, stories when we did the old show. That long? That was quite a long time ago. Oh, you shall be missed, just like with game trailers. You also shall be missed as well. Yep, another one bites the dust. Yeah, and one up. I st- I still love that they they lock that site and he, and it's still up. I mean, they, they mm-hmm. the last articles they had that they posted before yeah. it shut down, it's still up there. That's great. Can you still make accounts? You can. I didn't know you could still do that. 
Um, I said, can you? Oh, he was asking. I don't think you can anymore. I think they disabled all the forms and any that type would be of funny. Yeah. Uh, cause it's basically just read only at this point. Uh, okay. What we got in the next one. Ooh, I, this, I'm glad you put this one in here, Lionel. So the next, uh, story is <laughs> by Polygon and it's called Sega. Sega's adding official mod support for Sega Genesis games on steam. That is so oh, awesome. Yeah, that's so going to be sick. And so, what is it called? Where are my Gunstar Heroes mods at? So this is only in Sega Europe, and hopefully it's going to eventually come to America. But it's um, on Steam. It's this, like, they're calling it, it's, a, it's basically like a hub. You go inside, I don't know if you guys watch the video or not, but, like, it's, um, mm-hmm. it's a virtual room. And it seems like you're collecting old, like, old school Sega Genesis games. And yeah. They're combining it with the Steam Workshop, and, that, and that's how they're going to give the ability for people to modify the games. That mm. is amazing. I, I love Sega for doing that, that, that they're being that open now. That's really, really uh, cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, it makes sense that it happened in Europe because, um, what was it? Genesis, for a while, was the top dog. Uh, and I thought that was just in the States, but as it turns out, its, it's following in Europe was even more ginormous with the mega like drive a, yeah with the mega drive and that's why sonic is such a bigger deal out there as well yeah like a lot of the people buying sonic games are like kids out there i um i haven't used the steam workshop yet have either of you guys tried that stuff out is it easy to use like the, the tooling or is it uh, yeah well i've used it with uh skyrim it's pretty easy you just like click the button to download it and it should work so you just kind of drag and drop stuff like you if, not, not even there's literally a button you click to add the mod oh if you have the game it should do all the work for you oh, okay so it's just used to add it okay so you don't actually use those tools to tear apart the game and modify it you just install the mod uh, maybe, using those tools maybe, yeah maybe if you're making the mod but like uh if you're actually just trying to download a mod that's already been made yeah all you do is click a button okay so i'm wondering how they're going to make it so you can actually edit these games uh, like what's the platform for doing that oh. interesting yeah. unless they're just letting I'm people just, hack away sure. on it i'm sure they'll release tools yeah yeah, uh, oh. yeah i really i'm stuck on that hub it seems they have built a uh, they constructed like a nineties bedroom. Yeah, it looks really cool. They're yeah. to create a gamer's bedroom in the nineties. Yeah. Yep. That's the way to go I'm about just, doing it. I'm just uh waiting yeah. for my uh play as the boss's mod in Gunstar Heroes. It's all free. I don't know if you said that. No, I didn't see if it was free or not. Uh, that's even better. Oh, yeah. oh, Sonic! It's just, it's just so much love. Oh man! Well, they're trying to come. Well, I wouldn't even say they're trying to come back. They're just doing their own thing at this point. They don't really need anyone. They, they just, they do what they do. Mm. And I appreciate that. So, they're the games that they've released on mobile actually haven't been that bad. I, I've actually downloaded a few of them and played them. They've been pretty good. Uh, all right. Uh, let's see this next one here. Yeah, so this um, gentleman, I, I can't, was it something Saint? Alex St. John. Alex St. John. Alex St. John. Yeah, 
uh, posts an article on VentureBeat after reading another article sort of decrying the crunch. And, you know, gives a bit about himself, uh, mentions mainly that uh, he did kind of a startup and was like wondering what was going on with uh, millennials and this sort of wage slave mentality in regards to an industry which should be in his words and mine driven solely by passion and I can sort of see where he's trying to come from however when you like integrate a corporate setting into this it starts to his argument starts to get a bit dicey Mm. but uh joe you've actually got some experience in this uh you want to take it from here oh fuck this guy it's ridiculous <laughs> I, I mean i don't i don't know how he can even i mean the only reason i can think of he's saying this because he's because he said he's he's already his own <clears throat> he started a couple companies already and i'm sure he makes lots of money so of course he's gonna say something like this sure um, you, you, of those companies was uh <laughs> Wild Tangent, which produced a piece of spyware I could never get out of my computer. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah, I mean, I've been, I mean, I've worked for game companies and I've done the whole really the crunch thing coming in at 2 a.m. in the morning and, and working and then like, just not sleeping for days. And yeah, I mean, sure, I was passionate about working on the games and I enjoyed doing it, but I still need to eat. I, I still think I should deserve a proper wage. I, I mean, yeah. it's ridiculous. Yeah, Here's the thing, right? I think is is like one of the things he kept saying is like like uh, people who aren't okay with this need to just go and create their own startup, and like, that's one of those easier said than done things. Yes, it is. It is incredibly but, hard. It, like it, I mean, you can't you can't demand the passion of another person. A person can't even demand their own passion. It's either there or it's not. And like the part of the problem, it's 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 the setting. It's like if somebody feels strongly about something, they're probably gonna do this kind of work by default. But they know what their limits are. They not necessarily know exactly when they need to eat or sleep. They'll probably get themselves sick doing that too. But it's them deciding, okay, now I'm going to get up. Now I'm going to sleep. Now I'm going to eat. It's not someone behind you with the whip cracking it until the designated break time happens. You may still have some momentum, but nope. Break time is now. Get up and eat. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's like you, you can't, you can't demand these things outside of the perspective and uh yeah and and also this whole thing i mean this is uh the, the people the igda there that was the person that they were talking a little bit about they were um they were f- trying to help fight this whole this whole idea of thinking that once you get into the game industry it's just the norm that you're going to be working these long horrible horrific hours for basically no pay at all and that's not something that should ever be the norm in any industry, no matter how passionate you are about something, you don't treat people like slaves. That's not... Yeah, um, if I could draw a parallel between this and pro wrestling, weird thing to do, there's um, a point like that in a lot of guys' careers where they're just like working the indies, taking whatever jobs they can get, getting like 10 bucks, 15 bucks, 25 bucks, sometimes no money, and... (laughs) basically paying to be on the card they call this like point in your career paying your dues and 
it's something a lot of people are trying to get around now or just eliminate altogether because like this is where you like develop the nagging injuries the mm. back knee whatever problems and in this case like <laughs> like if we were to uh, come back to the gaming and the things this is how you get that uh <laughs> acid reflux that insomnia all that stress-related illness before you even like really get your foot not necessarily get your foot in the door but like from square one you're working like this like you're not gonna last you're gonna burn out you're i mean burning the candle on both ends is exactly the point here and also i've known i've had like former employees uh excuse me i'm former uh, co-workers that i've worked with at some game companies that I used to be at. And they've told me like hor- horrific stories of saying that, you know, they've, their marriages have broken up and that, you know, there's just, there've been times where their girlfriends have left them or they've missed birthdays. They've just like, horrible, just, like, all these, these horrible, horrible things that have happened to them. And I mean, it just, and just like from my experiences as well, it's not, it's not fun at all. And it's just, I mean, they say, well, and then like yeah. another thing that they always say, especially in the tech industry, is that, well, if you can't take it, then just this isn't, this isn't for you then. No, that's not how that works. That's just, that's not, it's sure, there's a grind, it's hard, it's a lot of work. And if you are passionate about it, you will, you will be willing to stick it out. But that is no excuse to make it so that that becomes like the way things are done. You need this, to. This cannot be the standard. No. This cannot no. be the norm. This cannot be the bare bones this can't be where it starts because yeah. it has to go up yeah i mean there's also i mean that's the, that's why over the past um, like maybe almost decade now the whole idea of company culture and like just making it a work-life balance thing has become such a huge deal is to stop this sort of stuff to make it so that well, people you know they're not working these crazy hours they're spending more time with their families and that way they're they're feeling more you know more relaxed and more willing and not feeling like it's a grind and eventually just not wanting to do what they were supposedly passionate about anymore. Yeah. And I mean, I mean the, the, the work it'll show, it'll not only show in the work, but like back to the like dicey element of this is there, I can't remember what the term is in Japan, but it it is a phenomenon out there. People literally working themselves to death. And it sounds like this sort of thing is the, not the first of this is like, like a, a quite a ways into it. Like, we're only so far away from, like, capsule motels. I mean, maybe that's not even necessary, considering the people just, like, sleep at their desks. Yeah. I mean, and I mean, I've worked, and there's, like, uh, there are companies that I've worked at where there are ways to, to fix this. I mean, it's not a hard problem to fix. All you need, I mean, there's there's different types of management styles you can uh, like, you can use. Like, there's Scrum, which is an agile, uh, agile development uh, type of system that you can use to kind of to, to optimize all your different processes, so you don't you're not having to work those crazy those crazy hours. I mean, there's all these different things you can do to make it so that your company runs really well, and to make it so that people work out of fair within a fair amount of time. So these are things you can fix. It's really all just on management, and when you have bad um, management in a company, it yeah, it will make everyone suffer. Yeah, is um. Telecommuting is that? Does that come up at all? Uh, in in what sense? What do you mean? Like, I mean, in regards to um, like uh, crunch and stuff like that. Uh, I mean, I've never had to crunch uh, working remotely, but 
uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it just comes with the territory, like a, like a big thing these days, since it's so easy to work remote. And a lot of companies, like a lot of startups are being built with people who are all around the world. And, uh, you know, a lot of times when you need to kind of get stuff out and there's a crunch involved, yeah, everyone's, no matter where you are at any time, everyone's going to be staying up all night long and stuff. But so, I, yeah, there's crunches even. At I the mean, at, le- at least in that sense, you're home. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're a bit more comfortable. But um, but the pressure is still there. I mean, you're you're. I mean, the pressure is still there. But like, you're not looking to your left and seeing one stranger, and then another stranger, and then your manager looking over you. There's your wife. There's your kids. There's your friends. There's some someone you want to actually see. So here's something else too that is just horrible when it comes to the whole crunch thing is that when I was working at the first game company that I was working at, we had some crazy crunch and. The thing I hated this so much. What they what they did was they they said, "Joe, you don't have to stay here. You don't have to be here. You can leave whenever you want. It's it's fine. You don't have to stay late." But then I started to feel but really really. Gu- then I started to feel really guilty because all the other programmers and designers and artists and animators were all still there. You know, just really late at night, like at two a.m. in the morning. I'm like, "Well, fuck. I'm not gonna leave. I'll feel like a dick if I leave." So now you have all this, you know, this pressure. That's there because it's just it's awful. It's just you sheer pressure. Yeah, but it's not intentional. Well yeah, I mean it's, it's like it's not. It, it's not like, oh, I'm pretty sure that was intentional. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean that that was what they were trying to. Yeah, it was. Yeah, you're right. It was. But um, they knew what they were doing. Yeah, it just you start to feel really bad because you see everyone else working and you said no, I can't leave. I got to still keep working. And it's just that's not the type of environment or company culture you ever want. To, to develop it's a horrible horrible thing it's a really bad experience especially uh like the first game company i worked at all of the all the my coworkers were amazing people they were like super smart people i mean they just they had so many great ideas but management upper management just just fucking destroyed everything they had horrible uh, practices when it came to structuring the design meeting it just it was so bad and it's just if the if upper management is not they don't know what they're doing. It can just throw everything off and you end up working at horrible, horrible hours. And a lot of the times it will, you'll have to do it for free. Cause if you try and ask for money, what they'll end up doing is we'll just like end up firing you and hiring someone for lower pay because everyone wants to get into the game industry. So they'll be willing to take any job at any price. So, and that's, that's maybe the grimiest part of all of this is like, demanding like like looking down or like admonishing people for wanting compensation for this extra work because that's that's what this is this is this is extra this is more this is not what basically was on the paper you signed when you joined up for this thing they're they're asking for this they're not supposed to be able to demand it to this degree but that's what they're doing and that's what this guy's trying to defend and yeah that's a bunch of no no it's no. pretty grimy and it's like it says something that he made it a point to mention the fact that he like grew up in a log cabin with like no electricity plumbing and like trying to give you this idea it's like you know he's he's about like hard work and earning oh, and whatever fucking baby I mean, boomer pull yourself up by your bootstraps bullshit right yeah God. um here's okay. the thing nonsense let me let me let me go to something here uh in that uh joe me and you love harvest moon Mm. and i'm not sure if you've played stardew valley yet but that's basically it and 
I want to say one of the appeals to that, or maybe not even just that game, but just that idea of going out there, is that you know where your work is going. The work you do there goes directly to something that will benefit you immediately. You do some work. I don't know. You're like uh, planting some shit. This means you're going to have crops to sell or crops to eat or whatever. You go fish. You got something to eat. You got something to sell. You go mine. You got something to sell. You got something to keep. You got something to make some other shit. You see exactly where your work is going. You take a job at like a Walmart or a fast food place and it's more like an exchange. I do this. You give me that. I have no idea how much of my work really matters in the grand scheme of things. Yep. And that's the thing. It's like he, he seems to think like any work should create that feeling of I did this for this reason. And this is what's coming back to me as a direct result from our, from this work. It's not like, like a lot of jobs now, they don't fee. It doesn't feel like the work you do necessarily earns the money you make. There's like a lot of jobs where you make a lot less than you probably should based on what you got to deal with. There are some where you make more than what you should. Like mm-hmm. I've had, I've had a couple of security jobs where I was probably making more money than I should have because all I was doing was just sitting at a desk watching people walk by. Hmm. Uh, you know, there are some security jobs that are the polar opposite where you're having to break up fights, put yourself at risk, and do all kinds of stuff, fill out paperwork for money that should cover a quarter of the day. And it doesn't. It it's different when you know it's it's like a passion project or it's like an indie thing and you're back to that point where you're seeing exactly where your work is going it doesn't go that way when you're in that corporate structure when it's just you do this thing for this reason for this amount there's an agreement made yeah and this is he's basically saying i should totally be able to i should totally be able to violate that agreement and if you care at all you'll let me do it or you'll go do something else or that's not re- that's not reality you can then violate that agreement and uh, this guy's living in his own world this is <laughs> he's definitely living in a fantasy and a lot of you know, a lot of this shit is like really inflammatory too like somehow and just backwards like he's he has a quote here where he's talking about like, oh, I think women who, who have tech jobs are oh like, god, opportunities. Like, oh, we have all god. following news. Uh, on that. I mean, this idea that <laughs> kids conforming to the Asperger nerd stereotype are ripe for exploitation. Like you literally <gasps> used the word exploitation here. But the thing that pissed me off was. Oh, <laughs> He's basically saying that, you know, oh, like you, you sit around, and you click on a computer all day. Like that's not hard work. Like you shouldn't be complaining. It's like motherfucker. Like I do that too. It wears on you, especially yes. if you want good at what you're doing. If you do have that passion, it wears on you. It takes a lot. Well, I mean, okay, two things right now. One, staring at that computer sp- screen for as long as any of us do. That's uh, headaches by default. I can't remember what kind of headache exactly. I'm not sure if it's like a tension headache or what. But you're going to get them. 
you're going to get some eye strain. You're going to, and I mean, we're all looking at arthritis at the very least. And hands have been something lately, and it's just, I don't know. I just, I know what my body has done to me. Or there's been times where I've worked so hard that I've thought I was going to like die or pass out or something. I've seen so, you do it from not eating enough and just like working super hard and not sleeping it it, it whereas I it's extremely stressful oh yeah um you're the one who feels it no one can tell you better than you right and he seems to think otherwise and you guys already mentioned it but this the basic idea that you shouldn't get paid for the work that you do you shouldn't there are laws in place overtime you you do overtime you get overtime pay yeah mm-hmm Pay those costs. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, with that, the company that I was working for, they, what they were doing was kind of a, it was illegal. <laughs> they should, they couldn't have, they yeah. were not able to legally do that. But no one said anything because they wanted their job. So it's, uh, it. Uh, I mean, here's the, I mean, you keep shit up like that, and you look at things like uh, Kickstarter and Patreon, these things that remove any number of middlemen, um, and then you have the other medias that pull from this, like like you have a thing like Bandcamp. It's like there's your music, there's your artist, there's your designers right there. It's like you're just going to speed up your the non-essential element of your presence by doing shit like this. Yep. Yeah, I mean, all that stuff is, it, all the stuff you just mentioned is stuff that has changed a lot of games, here. not video games, but the way these industries work. And he's very much from an older time, and that's how he did things, and he survived it, so this is how it's done, and he knows, but he doesn't, he's completely behind the times, and has no idea what the fuck he's talking about. Yeah. Got some uh, backwoods mentality on top of that backwoods upbringing. There's a lot of that. You see that in in every sort of fight for justice or equality these days. It's that oh well, this is the way it's always been, and it was fine. Uh, yeah, it was fine for you, but but it's like it, it can get better. To come in and say this isn't fine. We, we can change this. Yeah. Yeah. We can we can like we can do more. Let, let's 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 all do more. Get in there. Get in here with us. Yeah. Yeah. And that's stagnation. And that's with the IGDA or International Game Developers Association. That's why they're trying to fight to change that whole that whole you know old school thinking. So which is always good. Fighting for the little guy. Okay. Um. What's just what's the next one? Oh. <laughs> this one. Um, I believe Mike put this one in. It's probably from Geek.com. Latest Ford commercials feature Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> what, what's going on? What's yeah. going on with this, Mike? This is weird. <laughs> oh, that was good. Yeah. So Ford is using MGS1 to uh, sell their cars, to advertise their cars. Um, and they, they got David Hayter and Paul Eiding to, to do some voice work over the codex and talk about their cars. Uh, yeah. 
<laughs> Konami just don't give a fuck. Did they have yeah. to sign off on that? or? Uh, so I actually talked to David Hader on Twitter. I responded. I said, uh, he posted it. And I was like, unfucking believable, guys. And I said, I hope you all got ridiculous sums of money for this because damn. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and I genuinely meant that. Um, like I, because at this point, him, his vocal cords are a tremendous. Uh, they're tremendously valuable to Konami as um, as a PR device because if they can get him on board to do the next Metal Gear game, uh, that's that gives them a lot of clout. So they have yeah. the solid snake is back, um, and so now this what this kind of says to me is that he has a willingness to to reprise the role. But um, he actually, <laughs> I said that, and he direct messaged me on Twitter. Oh, <laughs> oh. yeah, that was and, funny. And he said, "Not really. Mostly did it for fun and to annoy you specifically." <laughs> <laughs> um, it worked. So, and that kind of. I I did genuinely genuinely mean that um, that they should have been paid a lot of money because that you know his 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 vocal cords are extremely valuable to them uh, and also I I don't know Konami should have to spend a lot of money on that because yeah that's... but I responded to him I said it's not you I'm annoyed by it's Konami and I said it would have been cool if you stood against them and they're flipping industry practices but maybe it's not your place uh, I said no disrespect your voice is still a huge part of my childhood X2 is a masterpiece and it happened to the Beatles I suppose it was inevitable it would happen to MGS said I wouldn't have done it but I'm glad you had fun and you and Paul sounded great mm. uh, and so this is the interesting part he said frankly I was amazed that Konami agreed to it he said Ford asked me if I'd do it and I said if you can get Konami to clear it sure thinking it would never happen. They called me to book like three days later. Um, wow. To get the rocket on DH. So, I guess this whole thing was Ford's idea. Huh. <laughs> um, which I guess uh, a lot of people who are our age, who grew up playing MGS, are now at car buying age. Yeah. Yep. So, I, I'm, I'm curious... Like we see his perspective, but I wonder what the what the money was like between Konami and and Ford. Uh, seems like they got approval pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I mean, Konami was obviously down. Uh, hmm. Wow. Any, I guess any chance to make a buck? Well, and I guess. Maybe I don't really understand how much David Ader really liked playing that part. He really, really liked playing Snake, didn't he? Like, a lot. He did. I mean, he played all the games that he was in. Um, he was a, a fan, and he's he's one of those... I mean, in a way, I was surprised when he, he messaged me, but in another way, I'm not, because he is really... Uh, kind of snarky and funny on, on Twitter. And, but mm-hmm. the other thing is he really uh, cares about that role and that character mm. and fans. He's extremely patient with his fans. Like, you can look on YouTube. He's constantly, there's videos of him just, like, 
talking to fans or taking pictures with fans or voicemail mm-hmm. messages with people. Wow. Uh, he's always on panels. He's always yeah. random people podcasts answering the same goddamn questions over and over again with incredible patience. Mm. Uh, and and he he's very aware of the fact that Snake is what got him to such uh, beloved in the video game community. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, and I mean, I, I do have to admit it was kind of funny, and I and I was like, his performance was spot on. Like it sounded like it was actually cut from MGS One. <laughs> but yeah, at the same time, I just. I mean, our our issues with Konami are documented and and known. It does feel a little bit dirty, but I thought about it some more. And at the same time, like I feel like this would have been a move that could have happened even if Kojima was still there. Yeah, yeah. Gone, it's, it, you know the circumstances. It just feels. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's a, happened before. Like I want to say, uh, they had Sonic in a insurance commercial at one point. Uh, I can't remember which one. <laughs> it's just, uh, it's good to know that it was Ford that they're the ones that kind of initiated all this. It wasn't Konami trying to, you know. Yeah. It wasn't like, how can we whore this out yeah. some more? Yeah. Let's think about it. Let's form a think tank. Hmm. Yeah. I'm just curious because now it's it's opened the doors now people know that they can go to konami with shit like this oh geez we're gonna have a dracula and richter belmont talk about like what is a man a man buys a ford car or ford truck Ugh. yeah i don't know that's just it's so weird and it and just feels like another step on that um you know in that area of Konami not being into AAA console development. Mm. It's like, this is what we do. We do mobile games with microtransactions and we make our pachinko machines and slot machines too. Use our franchises that we own to sell cars. God, what and happened to them? Jesus Christ. They lost their heart. Uh, apparently, Kojima was their heart. <laughs> I guess it, and it wasn't just Kojima. You know, it was other yeah. people, and there was the teams that they had working there. And it's, I don't know. It's just mm. insane. Wow. I remember. I just think back and remember like how popular that company was, and how much how beloved it was by all, by everyone, and the games that there. It's just like, man. Yeah. It's like it's it's like. Uh... <laughs> It's like remembering that girl you had a crush on in high school and seeing her working the corner. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a way to put it. I guess you're right. <laughs> I, I suppose so. Uh, um, and the other thing is, it's you know, uh, it, it's not David Hayter's triumphant return to the role of Snake exactly. No, mm-hmm. it's Ford. <laughs> it might be a teaser, but we were never going to get that. Um, probably without Kojima, I'm I'm really curious because they they are gonna they're gonna make another Metal Gear and they they probably will whether he's been informed or not. 
contact him to bring him back. Mm. Uh, I'm fascinated to see what the hell that's going to look like. Mm-hmm. I wonder if he's still going to be on board with doing that fan project before it gets shut down again, most likely. But uh, he said he was going to give his voice to be, to be Snake in it. So, yeah, to uh, the, the history thing? Or yeah, the, yeah. I wonder how that's going to work. Or whatever it was. Mm. Uh, he mm. probably still will. I'm assuming he's still down. He's probably already recorded stuff for it. But yeah. uh, I, I don't know. I don't think it would get shut down again. I guess it depends on how they approach it this time. Yeah. Well, so, we'll see. Yeah. Oh, what do we got next here? Ooh, is the cycling simulator. <laughs> what was this? Oh, yeah. It was from GTAcheats.com. GTA 5 used as VR cycling simulator. Uh, so, this device it was called it's called a cycling hub and it was made by a group of students called virtual no i guess the i don't know if they're a company or not but they're called virtual nomads and apparently you put your like see i'm not i'm still not really clear on what i even even after watching the video i'm still not very sure is it something you put on the bike is it something you put the bike in i'm not really sure it's not clear it's a it's a bike that's hooked up to uh, a VR headset and GTA Five, and you get on the bike and you can ride around no, in GTA Five. I, I get that huh. part. I get that part, but I mean, is it is it like a special bike that you order I mean, that, that they're making, or is it like something that they attach onto or a bike? Can you can you put yeah. this on any like stationary bike? No, they're making it. Oh, okay, it gets, oh, gotcha. it gets feedback based on what you're doing because you have to uh. you turn it. To, to turn and I, I believe it uh, increases uh, if you get it makes it harder to to pedal when you're going uphill and things like that and shit. Okay. Oh, that's interesting. That could be cool. Yeah, because I was yeah. I was watching the video and I was saying they have like a little game controller thingy attached on the on the bike and I was I was just a little confused on how exactly it was set up. But that's really cool. I like that. They're doing that. It looked really fun too. Everything that you, it was like one to one. Everything you were doing on the bike was happening in the game. So that's really yeah. Cool. I can't remember what the name of the game was. It was a PS one game. I read an article about back in the day where you were basically it was basically just like you were a bike messenger. Paperboy. It was no, but I think it was heavily inspired by Paperboy. It was kind of like Paperboy in three D. Hmm. With like '90s extreme injected into it, I see. And like a game like that would benefit from this in a really awesome way. Heck, even Paperboy would do it. Like Paperboy <laughs> 3D, first Get person Paperboy. Dogs. No, this yeah, is good. GTA, GTA is just so you can do so much in that world. It's just another. Like you always see people adding crazy shit in. I thought this was nice to. No, it's I, it's I, just we have this world and we can use it as a tool. Simple. I, I uh, do that. That'd be nice for people who don't want to go exercise in public. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like you, me. Yeah. Well, it's. I mean, it, it's. 
they'll definitely keep you going. I mean, because you're going to be in another 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 world, just kind of cycling down a big mountain or whatever you can, whatever you you do in the game. I, I, I do that. That keep me going on the bike, even after yeah, I get tired. I yeah. Uh, let's see. Okay. Uh, oh, Mass Effect for the next one. Let's see what we got here. Uh, Mike, I think you put this one in here. Uh, what's so they're just pushing yep. Mass Effect in the twenty seventeen? Mass Effect Andromeda is getting pushed out of Q four twenty sixteen into Q one twenty seventeen. Apparently, mm. uh, which I actually thought was already the case. I still feel like I just heard about this game. <laughs> Like one or two E threes ago, they haven't talked too much about it. I mean, they've announced it here and there, but uh, I think there were some announcements. Mm-hmm. Um, if I were a better podcast person, I would have looked at them. But uh, I think there's—I don't know if there's a new trailer out, but there's more details floating around about like character and I think settings and, and stuff like that. Nice. Uh, that's what they felt colonialism is the main thing which could mean it's a prequel but I'm, mm. I'm still sure I haven't checked into this but uh, yeah I mean I'm, I'm I guess I'm glad to hear this they're taking their time so yeah they're not they're not gonna crunch <laughs> <laughs> good game. Uh. pushing it back yeah, and the Mass Effect games are huge and complicated, and, and require a lot of design work and writing. So, yeah, this is definitely a game you're gonna, you're gonna want to make sure they have as much time as they need, especially to get that stuff right. And all the voice acting is a lot of voice acting. So, yeah, don't rush this. <laughs> Take your time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm. we'll see. Yeah. Curious. Yeah. See what they've changed I hope it's a lot different is it because in the last yeah, mess what, go ahead it, I, I don't know much of, I mean I mean, I, I guess I know a bit but like without context it really doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me but like didn't some like really ridiculously huge shit happened in 3 that would make like a sequel not make a whole lot of sense uh, potentially yes depending on how you played um, well the, the thing is is everybody has a different ending and they can all go completely different directions so uh, it, it doesn't really mm. lend it to a direct sequel at all mm-hmm. uh, so yeah. you either go quite a ways into the future or you go backwards. Uh, I think what they were saying was that this takes place in a different galaxy. Okay. Um, the, and the Andromeda galaxy. I believe. Mm-hmm. Mm. We'll see. Okay. I was kind of like, I was kind of hoping it would be like, okay, this one's going to be a very different vision of the future. <laughs> if, if the previous mass effect games were star Trek, this one will be like star Wars. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, more like if the previous games were the next generation, then this one is like the original series. Uh, 
Enter- uh, Enterprise. Enterprise was so good. Uh, wow, E3 is in June. Oh, man, we're like a month away. We're getting really close. Mm. Huh. Time's going by fast. Mm-hmm. I'm sure we'll get more information during that event. Uh, all right, this last one, Lionel, this this was a huge article. What it, Could you... Uh, Cliff Notes, yeah. Um, it was by Kotaku, and was it called? Yeah, um, I can't remember what the name of the game was, but this guy was like Smite. a... Smite. Smite, yeah. Okay, he, he streamed. I'd never heard of it either. Uh, he was a uh, a caster in this. I'm not sure. Is this like a MOBA or an MMO or something? But uh, the point is, is he's a streamer. This is how he makes his money. This is how he makes his living. He gets a $5 donation from someone who tells him, uh, thank you, I really enjoy your show. There was a time in my life where I was suicidal. I'm not sure if he said he was suicidal or just outright tried to kill himself. He said, <laughs> yeah, and he said, your, your show became basically what got me through it. It was like my reason for living for a time, so thank you. And then this guy, this fucking bag of douche, says, I know a lot of streamers would probably thank you for that, but I'm going to call you an asshole. And then launched off on this tangent about suicide is this and that. Basically, like, like taking all his personal issues regarding this matter and using it to dump all over this guy that just paid him money and thanked him and told him, you were my reason for living. And... <laughs> This guy is not only a streamer, but he was like actually sponsored by the company who makes this game. And mm-hmm. <sighs> he was making the argument that it's a selfish thing to do, which we saw a little bit when Robin Williams died. People were saying that. Yeah, mm. it's like you don't say that. To, <sighs> yeah. He was- Immediately came out and and clarified it and retracted it and apologized. Yeah, well, long after the fact. Yeah, he also resigned. Well, I'm not sure if he resigned or if (laughs) the company told him to get the fuck out. He resigned. Uh, Yeah, I'm. I don't know because I've I've been in some live streams and I've seen some of those things just like really go off. I've seen some of the guys who are actually able to make a living off of these things. And I'm not sure what I wanted to say other other than like, Jesus fucking Christ, these people are paying your bills and somebody gives you money and you not only like mock them for it, but go off on this sort of tangent. It's it, it it's fucking deplorable. It's yeah, and he admits that too. I think the it's really a complicated situation because from what I gathered was he had kind of dealt with situations like this before. Mm-hmm. The way he he but the, he worded it in the worst way possible. Right, like the exact phrase. It was something along the lines of "We all have." we all get depression we all have anxieties in this and it like stunk of someone who hears depression and thinks sad not an illness not not a severe problem not a yeah like it's the kind of shit i'd hear all the time right so what i was saying is uh 
What I gathered from reading this was he has dealt with this sort of thing in his own personal life, and he's kind of come. He came out of it with sort of his own sensitive viewpoints about it. So much so that when he hears something about it, he immediately snaps to his worldview, and it and it came out pretty fast. It seems like, and then he. Seems like he, he apologized and said he was he was really fucked up for saying it, um, but yeah, so I mean it sounds like he still has some work to do uh, mm-hmm. himself as well, um, and he he did ask for forgiveness for it, mm-hmm. and the company was pretty <laughs> pretty hands off like we don't agree with this at, at all and it's a bad situation and. But so he's who knows where this guy's gonna go. He's kind of just a he did shit on his livelihood, as you say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So pretty much like who are you? I've never heard of this person. I've never even heard of this game. You found your niche, and, and now you jumped you, all over it. At all. Um, and they like and shat on the most sensitive part of it, probably. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Person like wanted like openly admitted he was fragile, and it's like, oh, yep, better, better kick you in the teeth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just gotta, just gotta think before you say, especially on Watch the internet. Watch your goddamn mouth. That's what yeah, you gotta do. Use, use your brain. Come on. Yeah. It's the internet age. <sighs> yep. Uh, okay, let's. Was that the last article? I think that was the last article. So let's move on to the topic. Lionel, it was Dream Crossover Game. So why yep. don't you uh, be our guiding light for this one? Uh, um, I, I guess we can also talk about crossover games in general, but I've got a couple. And I want to say the uh, first one that always comes to mind is, um, do you guys remember the Suikoden or Suikoden or whatever games? Yep, I played those. Yep, yep. Yep, the uh, brief rundown of it is that it's a RPG which features 108 central characters, not including uh, villains, or not including all the villains. Yeah, but it's it's based on this. I want to say this like Chinese myth of like 108 stars, something about like 108 demons who repented and did some good stuff, and then were then reincarnated. Also tied to this, I want to say, the Buddhist ideal of the 108 worldly desires that one must overcome. Um, But yeah, there were 108 characters you could recruit to your army in that game, and you would like usually, if not always, get a special ending if you could recruit all 108 and keep them alive to the end. Now, what I'd always wanted to see, especially as Square got bigger and bigger, was a Maybe just square based, but specifically a Final Fantasy themed Suikoden, where it's a basically the Suikoden setup, except the 108 stars or character Final Fantasy characters across the different games. Uh, the other big one that came to mind was a crossover between Bioware and Megami Tensei, and that one was a big one for me because it seemed like Bioware was trying, I'm not sure if they've succeeded with it yet, really trying to do something with the alignment system that Megami Tensei has been doing for a while, which is rather than have 
the line being drawn between good and evil and maybe the potential exists to stand on the line itself is neutral. You have lawful and chaotic, which might initially seem like good and bad, but have inherently good and it will inherently positive and inherently negative aspects to it. Like there is no clear cut, good, clear cut evil, no matter where you stand. So it's just kind of like figuring out what you want to be in this world and, you know, striving for that, knowing that you could make some slip ups and mess up along the way. And I'd like to see that element within the, um, as I, what I'd like to see are like the elements from a Megami Tensei game, the whole demon summoning thing, that alignment aspect, alongside with Bioware, who seems seems to have been like trying to pursue the same thing. It stood out in particular with uh, Jade Empire, where you had the open palm and the closed fist, and that was a lot closer to lawful and chaotic than full on good and evil. And you know, I'd like to see Bioware mechanics and graphics and stuff like that combined with the uh, Megami Tensei games. Um, I want to say the last episode. I, oh, um, was it Platinum <laughs> with their like crazy uh, character action style gameplay, like over the top, just fun as ball shit, combined with Suda Fifty One's batshit craziness. <laughs> that would just be a lot of fun. It would be as fun to watch as it is to play. Um, but yeah, I'll probably think of more as you guys talk about it. Uh, Mike, you got any dream crossovers? Um, mm, not really. I think when I was younger, I was more thought about that type of stuff more, but I don't know. Nothing springs to mind, but I mean, there's shit that I like uh, and stuff that I'm actually waiting for. I was just talking to a coworker about this the other day. Is a um, goddamn Tekken Cross Street Fighter. Mm. Um, oh yeah, the Tekken-based one. Been in development yeah. forever. <laughs> um, so I'm excited for that, but. When I think of crossover games, I I always think of fighting games. Um, those are those are where I've had my most amazing experiences. Mm-hmm. As far as that goes, uh, Marvel vs. Capcom two that was just that was a, nuts. A dream, a dream. It was just mm-hmm. gorgeous, and everyone had their little personality quirks, you know. Mm-hmm the way they fought and their, their intros and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But it's also like that one was, that one made sense since they had a lot of those characters already in, but uh, I actually really liked uh, DOA 5 yeah. Ultimate and the way it handled bringing in the, uh, the virtual, virtual fighter characters. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it was cool. It, it made it's like it made this inaccessible game more accessible to me. Like I felt more comfortable using Jackie in that game than I ever. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nowhere near it. There's sort of like the fluidity of the DOA gameplay, but with, with the sort of like 
technical aspects and they kind of it kind of it almost brings in like a new character type to doa yeah because you didn't really have characters like that in there everyone was like really everyone's moves were huge and over the top mm-hmm. and then here you got you have these characters with these like sharp fast precise move set and they're you know they're able to combo really well. Their their moves aren't as huge. They don't have like a whole lot of knockback, but they could string you like nobody's business. It was, it was like maybe like like the smoothest instance of uh, that that I I've seen, at least in 3D. Like uh, they tried elements of that in Soul Calibur, and I'm not sure how well that went in comparison. Hmm. Another thing I always wanted to see, I really wanted this as a kid. Uh, before Skate came out, I wanted Rockstar to take the engine that they had for the Thrasher game mm. and like put it, update it, and put it in like GTA 3. Oh, nice. I thought about that. I would look at the architecture and I'd be like, it'd be so fun to skate in an open world. And then Skate actually came and did that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I still think that'd be fun to be able to skate in GTA. You can do everything else. Why not that? Someday. Huh? Someday. Someday. Uh, Joe, what about you? Uh, so you had mentioned when you were talking about uh, Sukaden, Sukaden, or however it's pronounced, uh, Suka, about yeah, yeah if, <clears throat> if there was be a, if there could have been like a Final Fantasy game that was like that, and the only game that I can think of that it's similar like that is Final Fantasy Dissidia. On the PSP. Yeah. Wasn't that more like a fighting game, though? Yeah, it was more like a fighting game. You could think of it as, like, the smash of the Final Fantasy world. I yeah, guess. yeah, that's that's exactly what it seemed like. Yeah. And, I, I mean, that's that's good, too. It's just, I just like to see these characters in a in a different kind of RPG. Like, yeah. there's 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 a weird sort of, like, like, like remember when you found uh, Cloud in uh, Tactics... And all of his moves were his limit breaks, and you got to see these cute little chipified versions of like Blade Beam and Meteor Rain and all that other shit. Right. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, I don't think there's anything like uh, anything out there like that though, which kind of what kind of sucks. I wouldn't really like that. Is, is there anything like that like you'd like to see? So, wait, uh, wait. Can I can I the fact that you made something like this? Uh, sure. I I did. Which. Which game? Yeah, a little uh, RPG maker project of Joe's called Pokemon Rancher. Oh, that thing! Yeah, I, I wanted to mix the world of po- uh, Pokemon and Monster Rancher together. That game was awesome. I actually, I was like <laughs> very proud of that game. Wish I hadn't lost it though. <laughs> it turned out really good. You could basically have a little ranch, and then you find the, you capture the Pokemon out in the woods, and you could feed them and raise them, and then you could sell them off. That kind of thing. So it's like a it was like a ranch. It was. It was fun, uh, uh, and then so a game that I two games that I would love 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 to be together would be the Pokemon, uh, the gold and silver version, like I, that world that um, mm-hmm. so when they're in Kanto, yeah. mixed with the Digimon World games, which is. Um, uh, the Digimon World games are, are I love them so much because it's Digimon. I love Digimon, but also too because the way they had set up the battle system was that you you were the trainer and you had your Digimon, 
But unlike where it was kind of a, a turn-based thing, it was more of a real-time thing where you basically had the Digimon. You shouted the commands Yeah, out you stuff, shouted right? the commands. Yeah. And that's like the perfect, absolute perfect system for Pokemon. Pokemon is all turn-based and whatever. But if they just were to re- replace the, that, the Pokemon system with the Digimon World system, it would be the most amazing game ever. It would yeah, be it, so much fun. Joe, Joe, didn't we have a conversation about this before? Like... It'd be like a game where the Pokemon all had their own AI and would kind of fight if left to their own devices, like instinctually. Uh, you could sort of alter the course of what they were doing by shouting the commands out to them. And uh, oh god, that'd be how so well they'd take the commands is like partially dependent upon like how disciplined the Pokemon is and how much they like you. Yeah, I mean that's uh, that's it's funny because that's how Monster Rancher also worked as well. Depending on how you yeah. you train the the monster, like if you made it. If you trained it in such a way so that it was its intelligence was really high, when you're actually in battle, it, the chances of it uh, listening to you or performing uh, a stronger move was much higher versus if it was just dumb as a rock but had really yeah. lot, but lots of strength. So it's mm. um, yeah, I love I love basically their pet simulators. I love games like that where you really have to focus on building out the stats and the development of the creature. So it's it's good for it's strong for fighting and or whatever it. That's and that's like the, the one, the one thing about Pokemon that I just always wished they had changed was make the system more, the battle system more interactive, more interesting, yeah. more intense. And it's just, I mean, um, I had know. some hopes when they started like branching out into the other systems. Like they still had the the portable Pokemon games going, and then they started making uh, games on the consoles and. They started trying to work a storyline element and introduce the uh, I can't remember what they called like darkness types or something where they're like possessed or some some kind of yeah. weird shit. Yeah, like they were doing things with the story, so I was kind of hoping okay maybe we'll get like a side game where they utilize a new battle mechanic or something mm. like that. Mm. I'll tell you what my dream crossover game is. Uh oh, here we go. What's up? Pokemon Cross Modern Warfare. Oh Jesus! Oh, shit. oh God! Oh. oh God! Wait! 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 Do you guys equal to the first Pokemon, and they'll explore that theory of why there's no adults around? Oh. I was about to say it could be the prequel to. <laughs> well, Mike, you want to tell them about that theory? <laughs> oh yeah. Well, the theory is that the reason why there's no adults around. And why that one crazy sergeant is like in his gym all shirtless and PTSD'd out. Is I love Pokemon. They saved me during the war. Yeah. And why Ash's father isn't around. <laughs> yeah. And there's very little adults because there is a big war. Yeah, and Pokemon were involved. They were fucking like like yeah. fucking Voltorb grenades and <laughs> You know what part of it is too is I bet you the legendaries probably there was probably a lot more of the legendaries before that war. They were probably used like super weapons. It could be a sequel to Pokemon Snap too. A oh, where you're just a God. war journalist. Oh, <laughs> that'd, be so awesome. that'd be so tight. Oh my God, that would be amazing. Oh, that'd be so dope. Oh yeah. man. So, a- dude, you got you got to make the full on world out of it. So you can be the Pokemon journalist. You could be the breeder back at like base camp, <laughs> making the strong ass Pokemon. <laughs> that would be an amazing, amazing game. 
or you could just have like the medics all <laughs> wait maybe that's why there's just like there's just joys uh, maybe like yeah. <laughs> clone what was left <laughs> that's a really great idea Nintendo pay me <laughs> <laughs> Uh, one of the old catchphrases just come back oh man oh one more game I actually wanted to make mention of so I had downloaded this from the eShop and this game is just crazy it's an RPG uh, what's it called it's called Project X Zone 2 and it's insane because all the characters in the game are crossovers from uh, characters from Yakuza Dead Souls Sekiro Wars Virtual Fighter Sega, uh, Resident, Resident Evil, Devil May Cry, Mega Man X, Tekken, Tales of Asperia, Dot Hack, and things from Bando, Bando Namco. It's just it's a crazy, crazy yeah. mix of characters. What's this game called? It's called Project X Zone 2. It's I think ins- I remember hearing about this. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. an insane game. It's a turn-based tactics game. It's yeah, incredibly nuts. Yeah. That shit crazy. It really uh, is. Yeah, I kind of want to say that sort of thing grew out of a really popular crossover game, more so in Japan. The only one we got were the uh, original generation games, but they were uh, uh, Giant Robot Wars or Giant Robot Tyson. I'm not sure what the pronunciation is out here, but it's basically like all the mecha anime crossing over. Yeah. And you get all the actual mecha animes with their original voice actors in there and some weird nods as well um yeah we only got the original generation ones because trying to get all the copyrights for those out here would be a nightmare of a clusterfuck of god knows what (laughs) yeah um like what is it one of the one of the most uh, popular fighting games out there a lot of people don't realize is a crossover game is uh king of fighters like Every one of the original teams, in one way or another, came from an old SNK game. Uh, with the exception of the Japan team, they were original. They were made for the game. But like Fatal Fury, the Fatal Fury team, the Art of Fighting team, they all had their own games prior to KOF. Huh. Yeah. And like even characters from different games have unique roles to KOF. <laughs> like uh, one of the um, secondary antagonist from Fatal Fury is actually directly tied to the uh, storylines from KOF like 96 and 97. It's... Oh, sorry. Brain fart. Um, it, that That's a big one. I guess another one that uh, got people from our generation will be familiar with is uh, Kingdom Hearts. Oh, yeah. And... That was a crossover that didn't make a whole lot of sense to people at first. You're like, wait, Square and Disney? How does that work? And mm. it works surprisingly well. Very well. It's, it's, it's just just two props that are all about the feels. Came from an elevator pitch or elevator running. Really? Yeah, someone was in an elevator from Square with in a, with someone from Disney, and they talking about it and then eventually they pitched it and then it got made and now here we all are <laughs> mm. uh, then there's that the game that's coming out I think it, well actually I think it's already out it's called Pokin whether it's Pokemon it's a fighting game where they're using the Tekken battle system Tek- 
engine. Yeah. Yeah. It looks pretty fun. Yeah. It's it looks kind of crazy. Yeah. Not necessarily a crossover game. Yeah, you're right. It's not. It's more just like, using their tech. Can't like have old man diaper butts beating the shit out of a Pikachu. Well, there <laughs> is a Pikachu that actually has old man diaper butts move set in it. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. He even acts like old man diaper butts. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, what'd you guys think of uh, Soul Calibur attempting this? Well, at least the first time they attempted this. Mm, I was down. Link was unbalanced, but it was really cool to have him in there. Mm-hmm. Spawn was weird. <laughs> I, Spawn I was strange. Yeah, I never, I never got to play a Spawn. That was exclusive to okay. Xbox, wasn't it? If I can remember. Yeah, he was okay, but like, he just he seemed weird. His animations were off, and it's like what throws me. I mean, clearly, you have to go with the with the character who has the most notoriety. But there was like a medieval Spawn in those mm. books. Like, I want to say he was like a mentor. Mm. to spawn it's like he'd have made a lot more sense wasn't uh yoda in there too oh, yeah did yeah. mm. uh oh yeah jeez man they just yeah, they put i would say they put a star killer in those as well uh, and then uh master chief was in dead or alive wasn't he uh it was a spartan it wasn't Spart- master chief. okay it was master it was, it was a, a spartan. female spartan it was a female spartan yeah. uh, was she any good yeah she was okay. i think she had the move set of another character mm. she was okay. um doa kind of like encroaches on that too because um ryu hayabusa was in it from the get go and he'd already appeared in a uh, ninja gaiden yeah, Yoshimitsu was always in Soul Calibur too. Yep. Hmm. Well, I think there's a theory that like uh, those two worlds are actually connected, and oh. that's why uh, Heihachi gets sent into the past, and it like that's supposed to be like why he's in uh, blah, 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 uh, Soul Calibur two. Contrary to what I thought, I wasn't able to come up with any more like dream crossovers off the top of my head. Um, we mentioned a lot though. Mm. Yeah, I guess so. I'm gonna kick myself the moment we're done recording, and I think of five more. But uh, <laughs> I guess that's the way it goes. Uh, okay, let's uh, move on to the next part: games recommendations slash what you've been playing. Uh, Mike, how would you? What you've been? What you've been playing there, buddy? <laughs> the hard knock life. Mm. Do do game. Um, you know, I, a uh, friend let me borrow the Stick of Truth. Oh, so, oh great yeah, game. I love that fun. game. I got to play that for, I played it for like an hour and a half and then it actually crashed. Oh. Um, but it's really, I was kind of blown away. Because, yeah. I mean, it's because growing up, there were always those South Park, like, create yourself little flash games and shit yeah it was weird it was really real weird to create a character based on me and then see it like fully walking around and moving around in south park and like talking to cartman and shit because it's really it looks exactly like the show and the humor is exactly the same uh so i uh what little time I've spent has been a pretty pleasant experience. 
the gameplay seems pretty it's simple but i could see it, like it's it's perfect for me mm. like it's just deep enough where i'm not intimidated and simple enough where i get it but not too simple where i i think i'm just hitting x uh and you can uh you can take a shit in it and pick up the shit and then throw it at people in battle (laughs) and you can fart on people Mm. yeah the the thing i loved about that game so much is that like you said it's it's almost it's spot on to like the show and i think that's because the what's what are their names trey and the other guy, the, and Matt Stone. Yeah, yeah, they were when that game was being made. They were just they were right there, constantly giving feedback all the time with the, and they did all the writing and everything. So they were very close to the game's development, which it shows a lot, which is great. Yeah, um, game was really fun. I enjoyed it yeah. quite a lot. That game was a lot of fun. Uh, <laughs> my character went on a journey of self discovery. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could have taken screenshots of what he looked like before and what he looked like by the end of the game. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, boy. Uh, well, I'm kind of curious. What, what class did you choose? Did you choose a mage, a uh, fighter, or whatever? I can't remember all of them. Or Jew. Or Jew. That's, <laughs> I chose the Jew. I like the Jew. <laughs> yeah. I was curious about that. Because I almost picked Jew because I figured it might actually change a lot of the jokes. Yeah, it, uh, it, it was funny. It was good. But I chose Thief. It's where I always uh, pick. Uh, I, I believe they're making a... S- there's plans for a sequel. Yeah, they are. Uh, making a sequel. Awesome. Cool. The way it's it's all handled, where it's it's not... Because there have been South Park episodes where they've gone like super deep into making it look like something else. And I was kind of on the... I wasn't sure whether they were going to do that here or not, but they kept it pretty much like this is silly schoolyard shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which I really enjoyed. It, it made me feel like a kid again, even though it was vile. Uh, so yeah, I really want to play more of that. I heard it's short, which is nice. Uh, Lionel, how about you? Uh, I got, I got nothing. All I've really had time to do was play Stardew Valley little bits here and there. Um, yeah, I'm still loving that game. But loving the shit out of that game. That's all I want to do. I don't even want to go to work. I just want to sit at home and play that all day. <laughs> um, uh, I finally got my PS3 up and running. I don't know how long it's going to last, but maybe I can finally get back to FF8. It was something that was wrong with it? Well, no, I didn't have a TV. My TV oh. got broken to move. But I finally got a new TV. Uh, Stardew Valley. I hope he releases it on like the 3DS or something, or the DS. That would be. That seems like the perfect game. Oh jeez, I'd never stop playing it. Yeah, it's. Oh. I'd be ignoring people in the break room. I'd be like, hey, yeah, I gotta go take a dump. Yeah. Be in the bathroom for like 20 minutes, 30 minutes, just like, yeah, give me them crops. Yeah, I'm about to catch this fish. It's like, what are you doing in there? Taking a shit. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. Shitting all over these profits. Kaka! <laughs> sounds about right. Kaka butts. Uh, Indeed. Oh, you'll love it. 
you will love the ever-loving shit out of it. And that is what I'm scared of. Uh, oh boy. Um, oh yeah, it's gonna eat some time. I'd say don't get in, don't get into it while you've got some projects going. <laughs> See, it's one of those kind of games you can just pick up and play and do whatever, and just like you know. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. You can you can play it in, in as large or as small chunks as you want. There's no like ongoing narrative. The closest thing to an ongoing narrative is just remembering to talk to the chick you want to romance every day. Ah, uh, yeah. Oh, uh, boy, let me I'm see. six stars in, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So what What kind of lady are you going after? What's... um? She's a... What, what do you call the people who read a lot? Like bibliophiles or something? Mm. Uh, she's a... Uh, She's an avid reader, and she tutors the two children that live in town. Oh, bookworm. One of my two ideal types. Yeah. Uh, all right, let me... What have I been playing? I haven't really been playing too many games these past few weeks. Uh, what's that game that people just... It's like it's incredibly difficult. Is it Dark Souls or... Yeah, Dark Souls 3? Yeah, I think that's is that what, what you're is. trying. So, which um, one are you playing? So, I'm not playing any of those, but on mobile, that that same company they made, I forget which company made them. Oh, yeah, from yeah, software. Yeah, they made a mobile game. It's a side-scrolling game. I can't remember what what it was called though, because I uninstalled it because I got bored. <laughs> well, the little bit I played of it, it was oh, it's called Dark Sword. That's what it's called. Okay. And it's a uh, it's free, free to play on the mobile on your mobile uh, device, and it's just side-scrolling game where you kind of just move through and it's a hack and slash and you just kind of get upgrades, you get coins or whatever every time you kill something and then if you get enough of it you can upgrade your stuff your typical just mobile RPG and uh, it looked nice, it was cool for a little bit and then after about a couple minutes I was like I'm done this is just kind of getting repetitive but yeah, yeah, so it's I mean if you like uh, I guess Dark Souls and that look and the music and all that kind of stuff. You might you might like it, but it wasn't, um, it wasn't for me. I was actually trying to get Dark Souls going on my... Like, this is why I think my PS3 might be getting ready to dump on me. is because I couldn't get Dark Souls to run every time I'd try to turn it on. Either the controller would stop working or the game would freeze up. Uh. And this is a disc I'm dealing with. Jesus. But, uh... Dark Souls, if you can handle the difficulty, they're actually a lot of fun. Like, customization through the roof, if you like that, you'll love the games. But uh, Or if you like a good challenge, or just something with a more methodical pace, something that requires you plan things out and think things through. Mm, no, people love... Rather than just, like, muscle, muscle it out. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's got it's got a really hardcore following. It and really does. I, I enjoy it, but it does drive me crazy sometimes. Like I can't play it unless Lily's asleep or being tended to by somebody else. Because like it's one of those games where I honestly need to concentrate. Yeah, I, I don't. That's a level of frustration I just don't need right now. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's it's. I've been watching Dude. watching some people play that game and just how people go on and on about how difficult it is, but how rewarding it also is once you finally make it through. 
It's just yeah. that struggle, though. <laughs> well, I want to like, go through well, that right one now. Of the, one of the big things is that you can actually obtain the weapons of your enemy. So, like, that giant fire-belching sword mm. of silver and gold wielded by that boss you fought, you can actually get, and you can wield it. Oh, that's pretty awesome. I, I, you know, same thing with, like, armors and shit like that. It's, mm. it's like, there's, like, a really, like, very much like living the whole dark fantasy thing it's probably why it's, it's it's pretty awesome it's probably why it's but, so uh, appealing yeah. oh yeah hmm. but yeah no 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 it will it's, it's probably not the best game for someone as stressed out as i am right now or <laughs> or you for that matter joe face yeah yep definitely not the kind of game we need to play right now uh um okay so i think that's it um okay so if you want to find this if you somehow manage to listen to this without finding anything you can ha- either head on over to hey listen radio our website which you know you can get all this, this shit directly or you can go to our soundcloud uh it was at soundcloud.com slash hey listen radio and you know find all our all the random stuff we've recorded not even just for um what you're listening to right now but uh my show if you happen to like anime the old taku connection i host it rather than just pop in and make snarky ass comments and interrupt people i I guess i still do that on my show it's just (laughs) uh now i have to control other people doing it and uh yeah if you want to see me get stressed out and neurotic and weird like a poor fearless leader does on this show. There you go. I want to <laughs> say at the time of this being released, uh, the third part of our death parade trilogy will be up. That's a good answer. You should check it out. Yes. Yes, it is. Mm. Watch it along with us. Uh, yeah. And, and for this show, you can follow us at NAGP returns on Twitter, where I talk more about just, video game stuff and other things related to it been a bit slow on the tweetings as of late but strangely enough i actually got more users when i didn't tweet so uh, there you go uh, i just I want know. to see that pretty face of yours <laughs> i guess so oh boy um i forgot my twitter i'm at old taku connect yes follow him um, yeah if you want to talk like really crazy shit like uh, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Season 4 or Guile's Crouch Walk. <laughs> yeah. Shit's yeah. wrong. Uh, so, um, Mike, are you? did you really go to sleep? Are you still there? Uh, I woke up. Okay. Can you what just, do you want? Uh, just tell them where they can find... <laughs> tell, them, <laughs> tell them where they can find your show before you doze back off. It's oh, on Jesus. the website. Hyper ninety zeitgeistbreakdown dot no wait. It's uh it's on the website, heylistenradio.com. Twitter is hyper nineties. Nineties is spelled out. Uh that's my show where I talk about the nineties and stuff. Um oh, also available on iTunes and uh Android. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Alright, let's just like us on Facebook. Yes. Yeah, please. please do. Yeah. We love it. Actually, just talk to us in general. I can't speak for these guys, but I am painfully lonely right uh, now. No. 
my life is a very it's a very sad place and I need your I need your attention, your constant attention. <laughs> I'm, I'm a high maintenance bitch, but I'm 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 working. <laughs> oh the best kind of person. Ah, uh, Lionel. Let's see some quick final thoughts here. You got anything? Uh, <laughs> final thoughts. These are Lionel thoughts. There you go. Final but- <laughs> that makes it all worth it. <laughs> so, final thoughts. Uh, okay. Uh, game industry is fucking weird. Like, it does a lot of shit we just don't understand. And I'm not sure if that's okay. But I'm willing to accept it because I can't afford to, you know, have any real concern on the matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, people on the internet need to watch their fucking mouths. Mm. Or I will hit them. In the T. You know who you are. Um... <laughs> uh, uh, Konami is just going to do what Konami do, and I guess we got to learn to accept that. Mm, sadly, yep. Uh, Mike, finish finish it all off for us. If you see me in the wild, swipe right. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and then throw a pokeball at him. Yeah, an actual ball. Otto, you caught. Wild Pangelina. Do you yes. want to give it a nickname? Hey, Mike, what type of Pokemon are you? Mm. I have legs and feet. Uh, so what, a normal type? How about f- you? Fairy type. No, he wouldn't be fairy type. What would you be? I could kind of see him. Well, I mean, like, like Jigglypuff used to, like, draw on people's faces when they fell asleep. I could see Mike doing that. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, uh, I'd be a dark type. I love dark type. They're my favorite type. I'm a fighting type. Fighting type. Mm. I'm basic. I'm basically like a fat macho. Yeah. Uh, see, <laughs> I, I'm basically. You know what it is? I'm what happens when you combine a macho with a Snorlax. No, I'm laughing because I hit my funny bone. It hurts so bad. <laughs> Oh. Ow. Oh, I hit it. Oh, shit. Uh, it's, okay. I could see you as a Snorlax or a milk tank. Um, a mi- oh, ah. No, those things are powerful. Yeah, I know the rollout is supposed to be broken, but it, it looks so lame. It's just a fucking cow. <laughs> it's just a cow. I mean, at least Snorlax looks kind of cool with its uh. big-ass belly and its sleepy face. <laughs> Yeah, you know, actually, whenever I, my, in the original games, whenever I would have my, my whole lineup of Pokemon, Snorlax was always one of my, my top ones, because that thing is powerful. Thing is well, really yeah, can powerful. It, can it, like, can it, like, on top of, like, being hella strong and restore its health by sleeping, can it also use Surf? Yeah, it can, it can yeah. Just imagine that. I mean, just sleep it, you know, just, it's in the water, yeah, and you're on its, it's belly. It's like hella relaxed, so it just kind of floats on the surface. Yeah, man, it's, 
I was kind of wondering if you were going to do what I think Ed did and name name your Snorlax Lionel. <laughs> no, but now I will. It seems like it just makes sense. I'm not so sensitive about it now. Uh, hey, man. just I mean, you just got to think uh, that Snorlax, he's an incredibly powerful Pokemon. Yeah, he's also incredibly fat. But that's all muscle. No, <laughs> there's definitely some fat. <laughs> uh. <laughs> if it were all muscle, it'd be a macho. <laughs> that's true. That's true. That thing is like just nothing but muscle. Well, no, I mean, well, the craziest one is my champ. It's got so much muscle it had to grow extra limbs to compensate. <laughs> That's true. 